What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Aloha. Alo- oh, not Bonjourno oh, today. No. Aloha. We're going Hawaiian We're today. going Hawaiian. I like it. I love Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, I didn't think to wear my Hawaiian shirt dress, but that's neither here Don't nor with the there. pineapples? Yeah. I was wearing my pineapple tank top to the pool earlier. We should make a pineapple day. We should just do a pineapple day. And then we'll play every cooking video game that features pineapples. Yes! We're going to have to get a lot of copies of Cooking Mama. I mean, and Overcooked. (laughs) And Overcooked. overcooked, Does it have any pineapples? Yes, in the DLC for uh, Overcooked 2. I mean, it's it's, it's stupid cheap. It's like $5. And then you get so much replayability out of it. It's completely worth it, everyone, if you're on the fence about Overcooked 2. We love it here at Team Chat Podcast. But you can make like smoothies and stuff. So you're chopping up like pineapples, strawberries, bananas, all into into that good stuff. Yeah, okay. It's, still, it's a great Team one. Team chat cook-off. Hell yeah. Oh, man. And it's summer even? Oh, yeah, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> we should absolutely do something like that. We should have like done that. that for the 4th of July. We should have. We are idiots. Oh, God. God, we're, Dang we're it. done. Just so many missed opportunities that we'll come back to. Crap. <laughs> now write it down for next year. Put it in the notes. Oh, man. Seriously. Put it on the calendar so we not forget. But... One thing we won't forget is to talk to you all about some great game content here on this episode of Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where, like I said, we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server. Links for all that are in the description below. But finally, if you're enjoying the show and want to help us build it up to be bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And if you're not able to become a patron, you can still support the show by leaving a review on Apple and Google Podcasts, basically any pl- your favorite place to listen or watch us. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button or leave us a review because we would love to hear it. But thank you to each and one of our patrons, our current patrons, and to all of our listeners out there. We love you all. But before we jump into our main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news All in right. our moment with Mogan. August is looking like yet another month where there's going to be a big desert right in the middle where okay. not a lot comes out. So we've only got a couple of things coming just out. for those fall releases. Yeah, really. That's legit what's happening. Uh, so the only things that are coming out in the very near future are Madden NFL 20 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Sweet. PC. I'm going to go on ahead and give that one a boo. <laughs> 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 Next is Age of Wonders Planet fall for ps4 xbox one and pc august 6th and then i have we talked about this before the episode i don't really have any idea what this game is but i already love the sound of it necro barista comes out for pc only on august 8th you make the drinks for the dead yeah i guess so or maybe you make the drinks and (laughs) they die yeah or you are the dead i don't know necro barista august 8th that sounds fantastic all right, and that's actually it. Nice. <laughs> that's all that's coming out. The one other big news story from the last week, though, that we did want to kind of touch on briefly, you know. Because it is, affects both it of us. It affects both of us. And millions of others. Millions of others of us out there who have suffered the cursed left stick drift issue on your Nintendo Joy-Cons. You can get those fixed now. Nintendo's actually going to give them, let you, well, not, you could always get them fixed. But now Nintendo will fix them for free. Totally free. Even if you're out of warranty. So if you have, are suffering from stick drift Head over to your doctor, Doctor Nintendo, Doctor Mario. Yeah, Dr. over at Mario. Nintendo, and uh, have him fix up your Joy Cons. I'm honestly though slightly, slightly peeved. Did you already mail yours in? No, oh. I got new ones. Oh, well, the <laughs> so more the now, merrier. Exactly. So now I can. I was still just like really, but now I'm like okay. 
I have four set, two sets of Joy-Cons And that now. means that now you can mail in your other ones to get fixed and not be without exactly. yours. So yeah. I'm happy about it, but I was also like, really, now that I've gone and Wait, got the new ones? Wait, you didn't want to hold out for the new fancy Joy-Con colors they're coming out with this like fall? I don't like the new ones. You don't like the new ones? No. I'm getting that sweet purple and orange. Oh, it's, I think they look It's just too great. bright for me. They're so Splatoon. I love them. When I was thinking about what, getting the new ones, uh, I got them as a birthday gift, honestly. But it was one of those things, Did too, where I was just gray? like... gray? No, I thought about getting gray. But I didn't. I got the red and blue again. Okay. But they're switched. So the oh, they're okay. different than the ones that came with my other. So even when I have the new, uh, when I send my That's old nice. ones, they'll all be different color, yeah. colors. And I could even do just straight blue or I could do even red. That's pretty cool. So that is pretty fun. I got options for days. For days. But so anyway, uh, if, you're, if you're still suffering from that problem, don't feel like fixing it yourself. You can now get them fixed for free from Nintendo, which is honestly high time. Yeah. Because that took way too long for yeah. them to be like, yeah, this is an issue. Well, I think it's so the left uh, Joy-Con problem, I think in its originality was a little bit different than the problem that's being reported now, which is specifically related to drift. Right. So my issue was never drift. It was that my left Joy-Con stopped functioning. And that was like the very early Switch problem is that mm. the left Joy-Con would just crap out. Which they fixed and with the firmware. Bumped, which they fixed. Uh, but this new problem of drift, I think that that's only come up, at least I've only started hearing about it in the past few months. Right. So it's kind of new to me, at least. But I don't it's still know if one it's of those things, like, it happened time. enough to yeah. get enough traction. Oh, it's definitely time for like, it to be I fixed. Feel like and I feel like Nintendo should have talked about yeah, it earlier. Yeah, and it's a good move for them to be fixing it for free. Uh, I mean, that's just good customer service. Yeah, absolutely. The one other thing, though, that I did want to talk about, because this is, uh, it re- relates to our topic. Today, we are wrapping up our first round of our series of on platformers so we've got two more great games for you miss it i know i will too because we gotta we gotta put a little bit of distance platformers never leave my heart but but see that's what i mean this applies because i just found out about another one that looks super cute and looks like it's gonna harken back to the olden days because it's a new game coming out later this year i just watched the reveal trailer for one that you put in the discord no Oh. Different one. Although that one looked really cool, too. Oh, my too. God. What was that one called? I forgot. I put uh, that one in That there. one was um, called The Guardian, right? Oh, or something I'm like that? At it. I'm looking at it. The, the healer? It was Savior. Savior! Damn Savior it, I was so close. Awesome. <laughs> I actually have now three platformer games that I'm ridiculously looking forward to. Blasphemous, Savior, and now this last one. It's called Tamarin. 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 Like the lemur pro- monkey? Anyways, continue. Anyway, <laughs> made it's made. It's another one of the games that's made by like the old collective of rare developers. Oh, really? In fact, uh, David David Wise is has uh, the composer of Donkey Kong Country and other great old uh, rare games like that. He's going to be the composer on this as well. But it is a 3D platformer, more in the vein of like Donkey Kong Country 64 or even Mario uh, Super Mario 64, where it is not a 2D from the side scrolling okay, platformer. It is more of an exploratory full 3D platformer. But basically, you are this uh, Tamarin. I'm just going to call it Tamarin. That's what you are, uh, who is trying to save your homeland from these giant bugs who are invading. Casper. Now, the bugs got guns. Here's oh, my God. First <laughs> furry woodland creature. In the gameplay trailer, a hedgehog pops up out of the ground. It's like, here, take this, and gives you a gun. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so it looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. But you've got these really great, uh, what look like, Fun worlds to explore and everything. Plus, the main character, Tamron, cute AF. Everyone, you know, video viewers, I'm going to throw that in here. But if you're listening to the audio, do yourself a favor. Give it a Google. Look up Tamron by Chameleon Games. Boom, I already got it for you. Look at that. Look at that cute. Oh, he's really cute. Yeah. It looks like a bug's life meets, I don't know, something else. 
that thing carries a gun? <laughs> it's like third person shooter at times. It looks really bizarre in like all the That's different things really it meshes funny. together. But I'm like, uh, hello, it's a 3D platformer with the developers of Rare. Yes, please. I'm on board with it. That's so Tamarin looks like a great one. But as you may have guessed, we're talking, or because I told you, we're talking about platformers again. We're doing our fourth entry into our series. And we've got some great ones. This ones that, what, uh, that we've been kind of holding back for the last I've episode I've been saving mine since before we started this. Yes. Because I knew. This may be the last one of this series, of, but Series 2 is coming. Don't worry. We're never going to not talk about platformers again. But Mogan has for our first game for us today. It's one she loves. She loves it a lot. It might even be the greatest game of all time. Oh, my God. Big words. And I feel like saying that with confidence. Okay. Say it with your chest, as I think Kevin Hart once said, and maybe other people. Sure. Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously... Say it with your chest, unknown. <laughs> unknown. <laughs> uh, you've heard me talk about it before in passing. I have been holding back on all of my full thoughts about it because there are so, 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 so very many, and I have finally finished the game as of a little bit earlier this spring. I'm going to, of course, be talking about Hollow Knight. Oh. And when I say it's the greatest game ever made, I'm honestly not 100% kidding about that. Oh. Like, about 90% of me really agrees with that. The other 10% is like, oh, but <laughs> there are so many other games out there. But I genuinely do think that it's probably the best game of its type, being uh, a 2D uh, at action platformer. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, I would really call it an action-adventure platformer, because it definitely does have adventuring aspects to yeah. it. And there are many, many games that that fall into the same category. Most people would liken it to a Metroidvania. That is accurate. But I have not played any other game uh, that comes close to the excellence, the perfect execution, and the overall fun factor of Hollow Knight. There's no comparison, like in Strong my book. Words. I, I don't recall if I had finished it at the time that we recently did, I think it was last year, when we did our top 10 uh, personal games of all time, right? Well, you had not finished it yet, which I've actually been thinking we need to revisit that because we, we, we really played a do. lot of, of games. You know, we don't need to go through the full like breakdown like we did before, but like just like a, one episode that's just a refresher. Yeah, like that's what we need to do. And I do think that Hollow Knight is easily top three. Really, it might even be number one. Oh damn! Like in comparison, I know that my number one last time was Portal, uh -huh. uh, based on excuse me, Portal Two, based on the fact of how much I loved it and that I couldn't find anything wrong with it. Those exact same rules apply to Hollow Knight, with except a few rare exceptions, because it is a wildly different game, mm -hmm. of course. So I, part of me has trouble like thinking where should we start with Hollow Knight, because on the one hand. It's not necessarily a new game. It was officially released in 2018, I think early 2018, for Steam. Mm -hmm. And it did make its way later to consoles, most notably the Nintendo Switch, um, in late 2018 right. it would have had Sounds to be because right. that's when i got it uh yeah so in late 2018 it's made it made its way to switch it is a very small air quotes indie game made by a very small team of people team cherry straight out of australia uh, i forget all of their names but i think there's only three of them oh wow there's only like two to very three of the then. main core team they had of course probably uh gotten a couple of contractors to help them with some of the stuff a few of the voice actors and actresses i think are maybe not from the core team uh, and the music is done by the astonishing christopher larkin uh, who's who technically not one of the developers but yeah we did just talk about him on the recent music so for good reason it's great music and obviously there we'll talk more about that don't get me derailed <laughs> <laughs> the point being that it's a very small team published developed all of that by team cherry and what they were able to accomplish based on the scale of their team is 
mind-blowing. Like, it really kind of draws a lot of comparisons to the world that they made. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't want to get too much into the story right off the bat because it still has, I think, a huge untapped base of players that haven't yet discovered the wonder of Hollow Knight and I want to give them a few more years give them a couple more years wait for Silk Song to come out they can play that and then once they've realized how amazing Hollow Knight is through Silk Song they'll go back and play the first one and they'll be, their minds will be blown all over again uh, so obviously I'm going to talk a lot about the story in the latter half but here in the beginning we're going to talk about the basics so the game starts off uh, it is dark windy lonely the camera zooms in on a lone tiny figure walking all by his or her or neither lonesome down a lonely road with not but a weird looking spear slash nail slash sword on their back and appearing to go nowhere and not really know where they're going and this creature is the knight Mm. not the hollow knight he's the I'm going to say he because in my mind I think of him like a guy, but he's not. It's neither or both or neither. You know, whatever. You're allowed to make your own interpretation. <laughs> the knight has play. no established gender. Uh, in fact, there's. Never mind. We're going to talk about that later. That's a mild spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I keep having to catch myself. So the knight has no gender. It's stated many, many times. So it walks into the town of Dirtmouth or Dirtmouth. I say Dirtmouth because that's how you say, say Dartmouth. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I said Dirtmouth. More because it, it, the game looks more like bugs. So I, I mean, just kind it of does. Dirty. I assume it is Dirt Mouth, yeah. but I like to say Dirtmouth because I like to equate it to Dartmouth College, which I hate. So, is it Dartmouth University or Dartmouth College? I think it's University. I don't know. Whatever. It's neither here nor there. They suck <laughs> is the point. <laughs> so, the knight walks into Dirtmouth, and all you come across is one lonely old bug called Elderbug. And one of the things that you immediately notice about this game is its tone. The music is very somber at this point point you've just gotten through a very dark set of caves little monsters are trying to get you at every turn there are spikes you can fall it well actually you can't fall to your death well depends on where you fall um you can get killed by anything and you've already kind of realized that this is a very stark landscape and that you are kind of never you already feel unsettled just being in the environment that you are and then you walk into this lonely town of dirtmouth and you're like okay There's like one dude here. Nothing seems to be going on. So you talk to the elder bug and he gives you very little feedback. He tells you very little. He basically explains that, oh, if you go to the right here, you'll get into the uh, entrance, one of the few remaining, to the former Grand Kingdom of Hallownest. So basically you have your approach to the game right off the bat. Like it just kind of sets you on your path immediately. It's like, hey, go jump into that well, get into into Hallownest. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll do that. So you jump down into this well and you're immediately in the underground. So Dirt Myth is on the surface. But when you go underground, what you really start to get the feeling of right away is that all of the creatures in Hollow Knight are in one well not all of them most of them are bugs or they are alive on the scale of bugs Mm -hmm. because this game is very small in what its subject matter is the knight appears to be no bug that any of us could identify but it wears a mask it wears this like weird little white mask with adorable little horns on it and big hollow black eyes revealing its lack of soul and you're like oh my god <laughs> calm down buddy you poor creature uh but when you're descending into hollow nest and as you go through the map you realize more and more that 
as the map really starts to flesh out, and you don't do this for a little while, uh, but after you've unlocked the first few areas, you realize that it's a much bigger game than you thought. And that's one of the first impressions that I get of this game is that there's so much more than what you see on the surface. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I love that it tends to build on this idea of bugs being able to build vast societies right beneath our feet. Because that's really kind of what they do in real life. I, I mean, really I've like bugs. bugs. Yeah, well... Whatever. <laughs> I know. What, I know what it looks like down in that end. You, you know, uh, but even if you're not talking about a bug's life, if you like watch National Geographic specials on like ant hills and look at how much more they do beneath the surface, you're like, yeah, they probably do have tram systems down there. Of course, they have a trolley. Why wouldn't they? They are clearly masters of architecture. And uh, as you're descending through the various levels of the world surrounding Hollow Nest, you absolutely get that feeling. And so the next thing that I kind of want to talk about is the art style. Before we even talk about the mechanics, because I think the art style of Hollow Knight is one of the most unique and impactful that I've encountered. I don't want to say ever, because right. that's probably not correct, but it's one of the most impactful and memorable that I have played in a very long time. Most of the game is very visually dark, because the tone of the game is dark, everything is sad, everything is in ruin, and you're like, cool, it's a very sad, dark place, and we're all really bummed out about it. But there are little bright spots every now and then that make you realize it's actually not as bad as you might think, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, one of the first areas that you get to is uh, Green Path, and it's right after an area called the Forgotten Crossroads. Which, by the way, depending on how you play the game, these may or may not be the uh, locations that you encounter in order. Hollow Knight does have a lot of room for exploration, and there is technically no set path. You have a lot of uh, personal will in how and where you go in the game and when. So even though I went Forgotten Crossroads and then I went Green Path, the next person that plays it might not. You may not have. I have no idea. I think I, like, I was able to locate how to get... I just... I'm playing it very slowly. I know. So I'm just <laughs> for the listeners. I'm playing it very slowly. I come back to it every once in a while, and I'm in Green Path now, and it was the second area that I got. Okay, to. I think that the early game tends to be a little bit more structured than the latter game. Uh, so it's not going to be uncommon for people to have gone Forgotten Crossroads, Green Path, and the Forgotten Crossroads is gray. It appears to be uh, semi-architectural. You know, it's not just random wilds or wastelands. There's a lot of architecture going on. You encounter a lot of corpses of other bugs that clearly were once alive, and you're like, oh, sorry, bro, gotta keep going. Must, must gotta hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> so then you get to this area of green path, and suddenly the world is bright and vibrant and luscious, and even though it's still trying to kill you, <laughs> all of the plants and creatures are still very much trying to kill you. You're like, well, this is delightful. I am having such a fun time. Some people get tired of Green Path. I never get tired of Green Path. When I feel like I need a, a spiritual refresher in Hollow Knight, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go derp around in Green Path. And then I'll go to Green Path. Because <laughs> I'm like, I feel safe here. It is arguably one of the easiest areas of the game after you get a few upgrades later on. It will be. Someday, Jared, you'll understand. Someday you'll know. Uh, but it's one of the easier areas of the game 
after you get the hang of it. So going back to Green Path in the latter game, you're like, oh my god, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah, you're just people. like, <laughs> it's so easy, and you're like, this is so great because the rest of the game is so soul crushing. <laughs> but the point being that it's an amazing example of how quickly the landscape can change and how different each of the unique areas is uh green path to forgotten crossroads to the crystal caverns which is very like purple and deep pink and jewel tones and it's covered in literal geodes and crystals uh is very different than deep nest Mm -hmm. which is black cavernous everything is a giant millipede and it's gonna eat you al- yeah you haven't been there yet I been there. sorry i shouldn't tell you too much no, about that's fine. this is one that like I, I legitimately i know it's gonna take me so long like you are I, and never I'm not gonna get to as invested Nespero. so like i know it's it's like spoil away for me yeah spoil away millipedes trying to get you at every Good turn God. spiders come right out oh, of I'm the out. Sh- yeah there's, there's I'm out. spiders man <laughs> spiders come out of the shadows and will eat you alive everything wants to eat you alive all of the things uh, and then eventually you get to of course what is really the heart of the game which is i would say that this is like mid to early game so uh, i don't think this is too much of a spoiler eventually the knight manages to fight its way all the way down and in to what is the core of hallowness um Oh my god, why am I... City of Tears! I was like, god, what is that place called? It's called the City of Tears. So the City of Tears is what is essentially the capital city of the former kingdom of Hallownest. And this is where the story kind of starts to unfold. So we'll come back to that, because what I want to kind of uh, briefly turn on now is the mechanics, because I don't want to do the story before we've talked about how the game feels. Sure. I don't know if your experience has been different based on how little progress you've made, <laughs> but my experience has been non-stop, amazing, what's it called? When you like intuitive, flow. yes, very intuitive, immediate flow of being able to get a handle on the mechanics and instantly use them. Not always to success, lots of failures, many, many, many failures, but to a certain extent, it's always been user error mm-hmm. and not the game. And that's a really important distinction to make. So in uh, in Hollow Knight, you have a pretty basic set of controls, especially to start with. So the knight, as I said, carries on its back a nail. It's technically not a sword because they're bug size, right? They don't really have formal swords. It's a nail. Right. And really all you have is this tiny little slash. And if you hit, I think uh, it's... Is it's either A or B to jump on the switch. I can't remember which one. I think it's A to jump and then B to slash. I believe you're so right. So that's what I'm going to assume is correct. Because B is Don't usually always that. the jump button on Nintendo stuff, I think. Then wouldn't... the bot- It's the bottom. I'm then going A blank. is slash. A is slash. Because okay. it's the one on the, on the, on the, on the deep... Yeah. Thing. It's on yeah, the it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, either A or B is slash. So really, you start with just those two elements. You start with your ability to slash in a very limited range. You know, the knight is tiny. His nail is tiny. He doesn't have the ability to, like, get you from across the screen. Uh, so really, all you have is your nail, tiny little slash. And if you, like, mash A, he just does, like, a little series of bah, 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 and jump. Right. And that's it. Like, starting out, that is all you've got. And you're like, okay, cool. These are my tools. I shall go through the game in much the same manner. And that's exactly how you start off. Now, one of the things that you do eventually uh, have the ability to build up is your soul. So soul in Hollow Knight is basically like this 
amalgamous white essence. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like life essence, really. Uh, That's why they call it soul. Duh. Uh, (laughs) But basically, when the knight slashes at anything and makes contact, you have a likelihood of getting a soul from them. And you have a little meter up in the top corner right next to your very small life meter. In the beginning, I think you can only take four to five hits starting out. I want to say four, but it may have been five. Uh, And every single hit you take takes off one of those little tiny four life meters that you've got and you're like ha my life (laughs) but when you uh fill up your soul meter you can eventually use magic abilities but in the beginning it's your main way to heal because when you build up soul if you hold down a why i don't remember which one it is i know it's all muscle memory so i couldn't tell you what it actually is i don't know uh but if you hold down i think it's a the knight kind of goes into this little crouching position it's It's x it is x okay it's x so if you hold down x you build up soul real quick and heals for one of your life meters which are masks which i have to say is I'm so happy that's a that's a mechanic in the game. That you because can at least heal. If I didn't have that, I would have given up on this game a long time ago. But at least I can be like, oh, I killed that really hard guy. Heal. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, good. I'm ready to go. But so all of that healing and all of your use of soul is contingent upon your ability to make contact with the nail. There are eventually some ways to get soul through other means, but the primary way to consistently get soul is to accurately hit stuff. Like, you have to actually run up and be like, bam! And then you run away. And I have... It's scatter. I have absolutely had to farm for soul by, like, I'm going to run in slash, and then I'm going to run away, and then I'm going to wait for him to go back into position, and then I'm going to run in slash, yeah. just to get up enough soul to either heal or eventually be able to use a magic at, like, a distance. Uh, but in the beginning, all you've got is soul, your nail, and the jump button. And those are your base elements. And the, the entire game builds off of those base elements. So pretty soon after you're able to uh, get your ability to build up soul to heal assuming you do things in this order and do things the air quotes right way Mm -hmm. you eventually unlock a couple of magic abilities uh so one of them i think is called the i don't know you just know what it does i just know what it does reminds me of the the line from tropic thunder when the guy uh when the guy shows up to four goes to four leaf tayback when nick nolte's character and he's just like that's pretty good uh danny mcbride he's like that's a pretty good side piece you got there what's it what's it what kind is it and the guy's like i don't know what it's called i just know the sound it makes when it takes a man's life that's exactly what what? (laughs) that's exactly how hollow knight feels because i like like you said it's all muscle memory so i apologize if none of these are accurate it's just the way that i envision them so one of the first magics that you get is like your shadow shooty because you basically shoot this little shadow out and it hurts things it's basically your one not your one but one of the very few projectiles that you get but it uses a lot of soul so if you're really low on soul and health and you know that you or let's say that you have soul but you're really low on health you're like well do i want to save my soul to heal or do i want to use it to shoot out this one bit of magic that might kill the thing i'm trying to kill it also might not yeah it's that balancing act of man i have so few resources and how i use them is entirely dependent on whether or not i succeed uh so it's a very 
balanced game. Mm -hmm. It is one of the most balanced platformers I've ever played. And even when you're failing miserably, it still feels fair. Uh, all of the fights that I've ever been stuck on, everything that I've ever done wrong, I have always known in my own soul mm. that it's user error, that it's me. The yeah. problem is me. There are a couple of fights that I will say are especially annoying and do what I would consider to be dick moves. And it's like, cool, this one's a really lame fight. But eventually, if you actually practice and build up your reflexes and use different methods because you can approach fights many different ways, you will find that you can succeed. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Hollow Knight, even though it is very difficult, especially in the early game before you've gotten the hang of it, it never feels unfair, at least to me. Uh, and so speaking of some of the different ways that you can approach the fight, there's this massive, or in the context of the game, massive uh, cachet of charms, which are one of the key ways that you get uh, and use your abilities. So charms are exactly what they sound like. Think of like Pokemon badges. Mm -hmm. They're like Pokemon badges right. for the night. I assume he keeps them in his tiny little cape, and then when people are like, yo, you want to battle? He's like, check out my badges, yo. <laughs> That's what I think probably happens uh but charms do any number of things and i think there's 40 in total that you can eventually collect nice. uh, but you only have depending on what upgrades you what item upgrades you've gotten you only have i think it's anywhere from one two three four five six i think you have the ability to have between seven and nine maybe up to nine charm slots because each charm basically uh can take up a certain amount of slots. The really good charms take up a lot of slots. The not-so-good charms maybe take up just one slot. So let's say you've got Grub Song, mm -hmm. which is a charm that you can attach, and it makes it to where every time you take damage as the knight, you get a little bit of soul. So it's actually like, oh, sweet, I've taken damage, but I've also gotten a little bit of soul, mm -hmm. which you can then use to either heal or use magic, like I said. Uh, you get charms that might be worth two slots and those enable you to get a tiny little shell around you while you're healing that protects you from incoming damage in order to be able to actually get your heal off it's not perfect and it can't uh protect you from everything but it helps uh or let's say you've got a really really good charm which i'm not going to say what it is but i'll describe what it does uh in the later game you can get a really really good charm i think it takes up four slots which is how you know it's really good that enables you to to if you've taken off one mask of health and then you don't get hit for long enough after that, that one regenerates Ooh. on its own. But let's say that you take three hits in really quick rap rapid succession. It can only heal you back up for the one most recent one that you lost. Got it. So it won't so completely again, heal you up over time. It won't completely heal you up over time, but it will heal you for each of the most recent masks that you have lost as long as you're not taking additional damage. Yeah, that's, that's pretty helpful. Cannot tell you enough how vital <laughs> that one becomes in the later game when you're like, this motherfucking level... <laughs> <laughs> you're just losing your mind yeah. because you're dying so much and you're like, okay, it is time consuming. And it's going to take me a while, but this is probably the only way that I'm going to make it through the section of the game. Right. So it is such a broad system and many charms actually work in conjunction with each other. I'll give you a really good example of a really gross one. You want to hear it? I'm, I'm ready. Okay, so this is a mild spoiler. It's really gross. There's a charm that you can get called the um, Defender's Crest. But you get it from a guy whose entire uh, 
life and battle style is based off of dung because he's basically basically taken on the form of a dung beetle. Okay. So he throws balls of poop at you and you're like, cool, love this fight. This is a cool fight. I'm having a good time. After this one. But after you beat him, you get his crest, which is the defender's crest. And the defender's crest of dung? when you equip it, it basically puts out this cloud of like I guess fart miasma. <laughs> it's like really gross. And so you just like stand there and you smell terrible. And if you talk to NPCs in the game and you're wearing the Defender's Crest, they're like, oh God, you smell horrible. You smell like shit, man. Like they will actually react to them. They'll be like, oh, get away from me. <laughs> it's really funny, but the you can also get a crest later, later in the game, which is it turns your shadow shooty. Again, I don't know what that thing is actually called, but it turns your shadow shooty into a small explosion of projectile flukes which flukes are a real thing they're like i don't think they're protozoa i forget what they they're like little tapeworms basically Mm -hmm. is how i think of them i don't think that's technically correct they might be tapeworms we'll learn more about tapeworms at a later time in our team chat biology (laughs) in our team chat biology class but it turns your uh shadow shooty into a tiny explosion of little flukes that then attack whatever is in front of you so again it's just a different formation on your projectile Mm -hmm. but if you're wearing both the fluke nest which i think is what that crest is called if you're wearing the fluke nest and the defender's crest and then you use your shadow shooty you shoot out one giant fluke that is basically made of poop and then it explodes on contact (laughs) and it's so gross and you're like oh my god this is disgusting i'm scared to ask what the sound effect is during that it's really gross a lot of splattering noises yes oh my god it's super gross it's like and you're like oh god it's really disgusting Uh, so there are parts of hollow Knight that are really really disgusting and you just kind of have to suck it up and deal with it but that's a really good example of two charms that you wouldn't think would work in conjunction with each other but they do Mm -hmm. so there are that's just one example of a many many layered system but because you have this constriction of you only have x amount of slots available it makes it very strategic of what do i want to use am i going to go for magic am i going to go for nail arts am i going to go for healing am i going to go for speed and depending on what you have and how many slots you have the answers to those questions are many 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 different options mm-hmm. i love the charm system and i think it's a really uh unique facet of this game that makes it feel a, that gives it a lot more depth in terms of the fighting um so that's just a very brief overview of the mechanics eventually you do get some additional abilities that really open up the game um, eventually you get the ability to uh briefly cling on to and slide down walls which you didn't previously had so that enables you to wall jump in essence mm-hmm. uh you eventually get a double jump again another really vital and amazing part of the game that really opens it up in terms of the platforming uh, and many many other small upgrades that you get over time that lead to one exceptionally lethal tiny bug and you're like yeah no I get him and everybody's like wow you sure are puny but you sure do pack a punch and he, the knight doesn't talk but it if it did it would be like bitch yeah i do <laughs> i assume that's that should what, be the one voice line of that the knight character has be like, bitch, bitch you yeah, know it <laughs> uh, so that's a brief intro to the mechanics of hollow knight and i just cannot say enough good things about how it feels feels to play it mm-hmm. because once you get in that groove once you get in a rhythm and you're actually winning fights and you're blazing through it you feel so accomplished nice 
but would say that a fight didn't go so well. You lost all your health, and you died. You did. Uh, this is a game that, I don't know which game really started this trend, but it's the, um, I, I want to say Shovel Knight. It's the trend of when you die, it's not game over. The game isn't perma-dead. You can eventually unlock a mode that does that for you but in the beginning game that's not what it does um if you die you basically lose your shade which is not necessarily your soul because the knight has no soul but it's kind of like your little spirit shadow Mm -hmm. uh and you revert back to whatever the most recent save point that you were at is so that's usually benches yeah um so whatever your most recent save point was you spawn right back there and you can see on the map where your shade is, indicating where you died. So if you can fight your way back to your shade, you can reclaim all of the shit that you lost, which means your money, your geo. So you do actually have currency in this game. It's geo. Uh, you get it mostly from fighting creatures or from... Uh, uh, opening chests, finding different things in the game to give you geo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sell stuff. You can find small sellable items to get geo. And you do, later in the game, need a lot of geo. And I think I mentioned pretty recently, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, there was a point where I died before being able to retrieve my shade. Oh, no. And I lost 13,000 geo. And I needed 15,000 to buy the thing that I needed. So I had to grind back up 15,000 oh geo, God. and it was devastating. I, in the little bit that I've played, I know I've lost a couple hundred every once in a while. And I've been lost. just like, oh my God. And it was, it was entirely my own fault. That's the thing. I could have not died. It was an easy part. I could right. have not died. But I was, I was, I was being like carefree because I was like, Psh, I know what I'm doing. And you really never do have like any guarantees in Hollow Knight. So I got cocky. And then I died and I lost all of my thousands of geo. And I was like, cool, this is a good feeling. I did have to take a very small, like, break of a few weeks after that because I was so devastated. I was like, <laughs> what's the point? Down. What's the point? <laughs> but I did eventually grind back up all that geo, but that gives you uh, the impetus for why you want to be able to go back and retrieve your shade. Um, you can actually get certain items later in the game that allow you to basically buy back your shade mm-hmm. from a specialty vendor, I want to call them, which means that if you died in a place and you're like... I really don't think I can get back there without dying again. Mm-hmm. It enables you to circumvent the system and still get your shade back, get back all of your geo without having to go through the same ordeal that you did last time. Right. A very helpful feature. So again, even though you die a lot, you might lose all of your money, depending on how stupid you've decided to be. Uh, there are ways that the game builds in that are just quality of life value adds. Like it just makes it, they give you just enough to where you're like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And they give you nothing more than that. So you're like, okay, I know I've died 50 times, but I can definitely do this. Yeah. And you feel that way all the time in Hollow Knight. Better players than me might not, but that's how I feel all the time in Hollow Knight. So now I feel like we've maybe exhausted the extent of what I can talk about in terms of the mechanics. So we're going to transition to the story. Cool. So. Major spoilers. Hollow Knight is a very this part. This part isn't a spoiler. Hollow Knight is a, <laughs> <laughs> they've already taken off their this they've part already right paused, here. Already this part right here isn't technically a spoiler. Uh, Hollow Knight is actually a very opaque game in terms of its story. Mm-hmm. Um, if you weren't actively looking for it, 
you would never touch on it. Most of the story comes through reading between the lines, uh, talking to NPCs, and actually reading the descriptions on items that you get. Um, so if you don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff, if you don't really read your, uh, what's it called, like... Hunter's Log, uh, your Hunter's Journal, which gives you descriptions of all of the creatures that you fight, including bosses. Oh. If you're not actually reading those, and if you're not actually reading the descriptions on items that, the, uh, that you get, and if you're not talking to NPCs and later on reading their thoughts, as you can do once you eventually get a really cool item, you would never know 90% of Hollow Knight's broader story. I mean, if you never talk to anybody, you would have no freaking idea. Right. I, I think you technically can. There's one NPC. Shopkeepers you'd have to talk to a little bit, you right? You have to talk to shopkeepers a little bit. And there is one NPC in particular that she has cutscenes with you, so you do have to talk to okay. her. Uh, but aside from that, there's a lot that you could manage to not do in Hollow Knight. So the story is very opaque. And a lot of what I know about Hollow Knight is A, based on my own playthroughs, and B, based on one of my favorite things to do on the internet now, which is look up Hollow Knight lore videos on YouTube. <laughs> I genuinely love it. And even if Spend there's... hours going down the rabbit oh, dude, hole. And some of them are radically different than the others. And you're like, I think you're wrong. And I think your ideas are stupid and you should feel bad. <laughs> and others are like, wow, this is really informed. And I think you're absolutely right about this. Yeah. Uh, I am going to give... He doesn't need it because he's already super popular. But brief shout out to Mossbag. His YouTube channel is arguably one of my favorites. It's kind of like a air quotes smaller YouTube channel. He specializes in Hollow Knight lore videos and analysis videos. Love him to death. Nice. Mossbag. Anybody that wants to know about Hollow Knight, go look him up. M-O-S-S-B-A-G. Mossbag. Mossbag. That's him. <laughs> uh, but so the story of Hollow Knight. We can... Okay, now it's spoiler time. So now you can tune Pause. out. Pause. Skip ahead. Check out the description below. We have timestamps of all the different parts of this so you can skip. And not hear spoilers for Hollow Knight if you want to, if you don't want to hear them. So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. So this is stuff that you don't even really learn in the early game. You eventually learn about it through playing the game. Okay. So before the night ever came to be, there was the kingdom of Hollow Nest. And Hollow Nest, you know what? Let's go even further back. That's technically Roll not back. true. Before Hollow Nest was ever in existence, which is the great kingdom of Hollow Knight, uh, there was basically no order um bugs lived with a hive mind all bugs lived on this hive mind um based on this one predominant creature slash entity i kind of hesitate to call it an, a creature because there's no real proof that it's technically alive because yeah. it exists in what is essentially a parallel realm uh, in conjunction with... It lives in the dream world, I'll okay. just say it. So it lives in the dream world, and it's a creature called the Radiance. And the Radiance is this otherworldly, larger-than-life, uh, moth-looking creature. She is all... It's definitely a she. She is all white. She has these crazy glowing golden eyes, and she is basically... The queen mm -hmm. of all of the creatures that live in and around what is currently known as Hollow Nest. So when I say hive mind, what that means is that all creatures are basically dependent in their mind on the radiance. So they all think alike and they essentially all worship the radiance. So the radiance eventually faded into obscurity and a big part of her falling out of the, the mind of the collective bugs of Hollow Nest is the Pale King. So the Pale King is the 
current form of a giant worm and they spell it in the game as w-y-r-m so it's like kind of like it's technically a worm but it's also like an uh, again an otherworldly larger than life creature that straddles that realm between uh mortal and god worms are basically godlike okay uh, they might even be gods depending on your interpretation of it the radiance is technically a god depending on how you look at it so there was this worm giant actual worm that died air quotes that died and then went on to its next transformative phase so when it died it became the pale king the pale king's tiny he's only just yay bigger than the knight Mm -hmm. Uh, so he is a very mysterious and mythical creature in the lore of hallow nest in and of itself even to his own people he's a mystery because he's very reclusive but the pale king basically had the ability presumably through his godlike otherworldly powers to give lesser bugs uh basically the ability to think like on their own to actually have cognizant thoughts and their own independence and their own independent minds so the pale king in building hallow nest because he's the one that built hallow nest he gave lesser bugs minds and gave them independence from the radiance Mm. so he's not the sole reason that the radiance fell out of the mind of the people i think that it was kind of already happening uh when the pale king came along but basically the setup of hallow nest is hallow nest replaced the radiance but the pale king definitely wanted to be worshipped as a god at least in my opinion it's like no he's probably not he's not a good guy Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form i don't think uh he's very morally ambiguous i guess you could say i even think he's evil i'm of the camp that's like down with the pale king up with the radiance bring the hive mind back (laughs) so nobody really agrees with me on that but that's my personal opinion so the pale king uh built this massive society he definitely did what no other bug since has been able to do in building this mega structure of the city of tears and all of its surrounding uh areas because Mm -hmm. he contributed to um the building up of various societies so he's not directly involved with them they're kind of parallel to him but there's the mantis tribe in the south that he formed some alliances with there's the spider people uh who are um what's her name who are ruled by Hera the beast so there are all of these little pockets of civilization here and there but what the pale king did was basically build a network that more or less brought them all together even if they didn't necessarily want to be brought together mm-hmm. uh there are some civilizations in hallow nest that resisted the pale king entirely cut themselves off from hallow nest so they preserved their own culture completely separate of the pale king and what he wanted to do but big but at its peak uh, Hallow Nest, of course, had to eventually decline. And the decline of Hallow Nest is due to something called the infection. Okay. So infection is basically visible by this orange really toxic looking goo that oftentimes comes directly out of creatures like kind of as blood and you're like oh god keep that in keep that to yourself uh but it is noticeable more early than that by glowing orange eyes Mm. so the infection basically just drives bugs insane and it drives them to be even worse than what they were before as like mindless husks so the infection is slowly taking over the kingdom and it kind of started on the outskirts and then it's creeping every slowly and slowly inward like into the very core of the kingdom into the city of tears and in fighting the infection 
the pale king was like i've got to figure something out because he knew that the true root of the infection was the radiance Ah. because the radiance even though she had faded from the mind of the people she's still out there she's still out there in the dream world she's like bitch you thought (laughs) like that's that would be her line right dude you know if the radiance could talk she'd be like bitch i'm still here i didn't die (laughs) what's that like snap that a kid sent to his friends because he woke up from a coma and he was like i lived bitch (laughs) i know what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah. that's exactly what the radiance (laughs) would send to all of her friends uh so the radiance was primarily followed by a tribe called the moths because they are moths and they followed the radiance because she is a moth but even when the pale king came along even her own tribe the moth tribe mostly forgot her and that forgetting of the radiance they're not worshiping of her it basically enrages her and she's like you think i'm gonna disappear just because you don't think about me anymore bitch you thought so she (laughs) that's exactly what she's doing so she's like oh i'm getting back in yeah i will be the dominant thing that all creatures worship so the infection is basically the real life um the the tangible result of her attempting to get back into the air quotes real world because like i said she lives in this parallel universe of the dream world mm-hmm. so the pale king is like man shit fuck what am i going to do about this he knows he's in trouble so he decides to basically design a perfect hollow vessel to contain the radiance. He's literally going to put the radiance in a creature that is so perfect and hollow that she will never be able to get out because it has no mind to think, no will to feel. It has no ability to function on its own. It's just an empty, hollow vessel. The Hollow Knight. Oh. Yeah, you're getting into some deep lore here. This (laughs) is deep. I love it. This is deep. So the Pale King in realizing that he has to create this perfect vessel. Mm -hmm. He does actually have the ability to uh, make offspring. Gross, but he does have that ability. So the Pale King actually does have a wife, which you later find out in... uh, Again, you technically don't have to learn this, but you can learn it. The Pale King has a wife called the White Lady, and she is the queen of Hallow Nest. Mm -hmm. Uh, The White Lady, I think, technically is a bug, I assume, because she's able to procreate with the Pale King, and they both have to be bugs, I guess. But she looks like a tree like when you finally encounter her for the first time what you thought were glowing tendrils of roots like tree roots are actually the tendrils of her hair so she has this very like plant tree like appearance to her and she's very she glows white she's very otherworldly and when you meet her for the first time as the knight she has wrapped herself up in what appears to be like a full body straitjacket essentially because she is trying to actively keep herself from ever being able to procreate again. She's like, it's my biology. It's what I was made to do because she's kind of like a queen bug, which is they're Mm -hmm. made to make more eggs and to procreate. And she's like, nope, I'm going to stop doing that because the pale king and the white lady basically made together millions thousands, I don't know how many, thousands to millions of eggs, which were their actual biological children. But when they made these eggs, rather than letting them uh, hatch and become real creatures, they put the eggs into the very lowest level of the kingdom of Hallownest, which is the Abyss. Mm. You haven't been to the Abyss yet. I've not been to the Abyss yet. The Abyss is basically... The absolute basis of the oldest known, even pre-Radiance, the oldest known civilization of Hallownest. So the Abyss is just this black, empty, 
nothingness where the shadows themselves have a will they have form they don't really seem to have that much of a mind per se but it is basically the shadowy goo that can and will hurt you if you get too close to it uh so what what the pale king and the white lady did is they put their eggs into the abyss which again is just this big area so they like put the eggs down in the abyss the abyss because of its very nature hollowed out the souls of these eggs oh, no. it robbed the souls right from these little bugs and so when they were born they're just hollow shells they have no soul they have no will they have no mind they are just hollow little entities in theory However, what the Pale King realized over many, many trials, basically, is even when they are hollowed out, his creations weren't actually perfect. Either they somehow managed to obtain a mind, or they somehow managed to uh, have emotions, or they just weren't physically fit enough to battle the Radiance and do what he needed them to do. For one reason or another, he cast them off and just left them in the abyss to die. Mm -hmm. So when you get to the abyss for the first time as the night, it is literally littered with the masks of your dead siblings. Because you as the knight, you realize you are one of the creations of the Pale King. Oh, weird. For somehow you managed to survive... And you're like just in a mass graveyard of your own dead siblings and their tiny little souls, their own shades, like rise up out of the ground and they're like, oh, we're going to get you. We're mad at you because you lived and we didn't. And you're like, oh my God, this is horrible. I just discovered you. I yeah, had no I just, idea. I didn't know you were down here. This isn't my fault. Uh, but the idea of the entire Hollow Knight theory then is that there was one success. There was one success out of the thousands or millions of failures that is the Hollow Knight. You find his statue in the City of Tears, and you find him, the actual Hollow Knight, chained up. You don't get to see him until later, but you know that he is chained up and bound in the Black Egg Temple. And he is the literal physical enclosure that the Radiance is currently contained in because the Hollow Knight did what nobody else was able to do. He battled the Radiance, contained her within himself, and then the Pale King and the others of Hallownest had him bound in chains and just contained for eternity. Damn. So they have these uh, three basically sages, I, I would call them. Um, there are three sages of Hallownest that basically go into eternal slumber to aid the Hollow Knight in containing the Radiance, because he can't necessarily do it alone, even though he is a perfectly perfectly hollow vessel. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to help him through dreams. So basically, the three sages are called the Dreamers. That's what they call them. Duh, because they're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting all the words. Uh, but the Dreamers are in eternal slumber to basically give their mental willpower to the Knight, to the Hollow Knight, so that he can uh, successfully contain the Radiance. So the entire premise of Hollow Knight then is you as the knight are uncovering all these layers. You're realizing all of this. You realize because the infection is still out there and growing all the time, you know that the Hollow Knight did not actually succeed. Mm -hmm. He is technically containing the radiance, but not successfully because he's not truly hollow by some, somehow, some way or another, he did manage to get a will, a mind, emotions. You don't know how. You don't know if he knows. He probably does. Uh, but you're like, okay, he definitely did not, did not succeed. He's not hollow. 
but I am. Yeah. You're like, my knight is hollow. He's definitely hollow enough. So basically what you're doing is you're going through the game. You're waking up the dreamers. You're basically cutting off their ability to contain the hollow knight. So you basically sever their connection and their ability to contain him. And at the end of the game, this is very, very end game, uh, you fight the hollow knight because once you've eliminated all of the dreamers and you've broken all the seals on the black egg, mm-hmm. you bust in there and you're like, hey, big bro. And he's like, what's up? And like, it's really funny. Like, like when you meet him, he's like chained up in the ceiling in what is basically just this little cylinder. Yeah. But his head is still moving. And he's like kind of looking at you as you like walk around the room and he's like, what's up? And you're like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, so what you do is you basically unbind him and then you fight him. And he is... Devast- you think he would have a little atrophy over that he time. He is a devastating horror. He did not atrophy. He is perfectly <laughs> His fine. His muscles are fully he, formed. He, I think he actually only has one arm, technically. Oh, okay. He lost his other one somehow. I genuinely don't know how. In all these battles. Uh, yeah, fought, I guess. Uh, so he looks terrible. You're like, oh my god, bro, you are not looking so good. Because you realize that the infection has absolutely started to eat him alive uh he has infection exploding out of him he's crazed he's fighting you with everything he's got and his roar is like that of the radiance and you're like oh my god this creature is horrific so you're defeating him to kill him one of the saddest moments in the entire game and one of the most impactful things that made this final battle so amazing is when you initially start fighting the Hollow Knight, the music is very, like, intense, super fast. You're like, oh, my God, this fight is really, really, really intense. Yeah. But once you do the Hollow Knight enough damage, the music takes this really emotional turn to just this really sad, slow very somber viola note Mm -hmm. and you're like oh my god what is happening because you're it's just sad it's no longer fast it's not intense it's just sad and the hollow knight at certain points he's still fighting you because he has to the radiance is making him but he will turn his own nail on himself and he'll start stabbing himself some people say that it's to release more infection so that he can become more powerful i totally disagree i don't think that's true at all i think the hollow knight knows that he's infected and he's trying to weaken him himself mm. so that you can actually beat him and it's really sad and you're like oh my god i know i have to keep fighting you but i feel really bad yeah. about it like it's actually very emotional and very sad so assuming that you do actually beat him here's where things get extra 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 spoilery so if you're still listening this leads to a divergence of endings so if you're worried about knowing what all the endings are i'm going to tell you at least the two that i know of one of which i'm working on and one of which i've successfully done okay so i got i think the achievement that is hollow where you basically do uh it's technically the bad ending i've technically gotten the bad ending uh if you defeat the hollow knight and you haven't done an xyz thing that i'm not going to specify he just dies like he he dies you succeed you beat him and you as the knight become the new vessel to contain the radiance so the ending cutscene then is you get chained up you become the new vessel oh damn yeah, right. Oh, okay. That's why I wouldn't be happy with that ending. At that's all. why it's the bad ending. You're like, oh, sh- snap. Yeah. What? So it really is kind of like a sad ending because you haven't technically defeated the problem. The radiance mm-hmm. is still out there and you know that, but you are just her eternal prison now because you really are a perfectly hollow knight uh, by, uh, by all measures of the game so far. Uh, so that's the bad ending. 
The good ending, air quotes, is if you have done a certain thing, again, I'm not going to specify what it is, if you've done a certain thing, and then you go and fight the Hollow Knight either for the first time, or in my case, again, you once you get to about that halfway point where you do him enough damage, I haven't actually touched on her yet, but she's one of the most important lore parts of the game, uh, your sister, basically, your half-sister, Hornet, will show up to the fight and she will help you fight the Hollow Knight. So Hornet um, is actually a big part of the lore because she technically is, and this is what I was going to say at the beginning, she is denoted as the gendered child. So she is okay. actually technically the only one of these bugs that has a gender of all of these siblings that are the direct offspring of the Pale King. But she's not the daughter of the White Lady. Oh. The Pale King brokered a deal with Hera the Beast, the leader of the Spider Tribe, uh, that basically they would do the do because she wanted a child of her own. Mm. But I guess she couldn't have one. So she was like, well, you're going to have to have sex with me and uh, so that I can have a baby. And he was like, if that's what it takes to earn your alliance, sure, I'll do it. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> so basically him and the white lady didn't him and the him and hair of the beast did the do and she actually spawned uh hornet which is like she's one of the most um she has one of the biggest personalities of any other creature in the game because she is the offspring of what are essentially gods. Mm. Like she's kind of a demigod in her own right because if you believe the pale king to be a god, but hair of the beast to be mortal, she's kind of half and half. Right. So she's like next level off the charts. Uh, one of the key components of the game. You fight her a number of times, but you never get the feeling that she's like an enemy. You know that she's fighting you because she thinks she can't figure out if you're an enemy. That's the thing. It's like friendly sparring. Exactly. It's like friendly sparring because she's like i don't know if you're going to do more damage or more good so she's not sure how she wants to approach you at first but she uh that's neither here nor there bam 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 lead up to the final fight if you've done the thing uh, hornet will show up to the fight she will help you battle it out with the hollow knight she will basically hold him down long enough that you instead of killing him basically go into the dream realm within him to fight the Radiance. Oh my God. So you go into the Hollow Knight, and the Radiance is like, Bitch, you thought! And you're like, Oh my God! <laughs> She's terrifying. Yeah. She takes up the whole screen, dude, and you're like, Oh my God, this is gonna really Damn. suck, and it sucks to high heaven. <laughs> I That's am, why you're still working through I it. I am still working on it. <laughs> because, I mean, the Hollow Knight fight in and of itself, I actually think is kind of one of the easier fights. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not struggle with the Hollow Knight himself more than many other creatures, I would say. Maybe it's just because I was really overpowered at that point. I had right. all the charms. I was ready. I definitely had my strategy down, but... Um I think he's meant to maybe be not super, super, super hard so that when you do eventually get to the Radiance, you maybe still have a little bit of your health left to enter this and next fight. Willpower. And your own willpower to enter this next fight. So if you enter the Radiance and fight her and win, you do actually get the good ending. Uh, so the final battle with the Radiance, I'm actually not going to tell you what happens at the end. I know what happens because, again, I'm really addicted to those lore videos. Right. Uh, but other people may not be, so I don't want to spoil too much of the super good ending. Right. 
again, Let good you just, ending, just, air quotes. Yeah, let's find that out for yeah, yourself. Find that out for yourself. But that just gives you a very brief introduction to the lore of Hollow Knight, which is there was this civilization based on the Radiance. The Radiance fell out of the mental favor. She was replaced by the Pale King. The Pale King intentionally tried to suppress her so that he could become essentially the god of Hollow Nest. And the Radiance was like, oh, hell no. And the entire crux of the game is basically the uh, outward real world sparring between these two superpowers and you as mere little bugs as the hollow siblings that are made by the pale king you just kind of have to tough it out and deal with it and it leads to this overall tone of kind of like defeat because yeah. you're like man if i win i still kind of lose if i lose i lose harder than ever before right, right. so it's like it brings up all these questions of is there any truly good ending is it worth it to contain the radiance forever? Because uh, Hollow Nest is basically through all of this in stasis. Um, it's technically a ruined kingdom that is just sort of frozen in time and will remain ruined forever. Mm -hmm. So, what does containing the radiance even really do? Hollow Nest isn't going to get any better. It's just going to maintain its current state. Why not try to defeat her? But then, if you defeat her, what implications does that have for the rest of Hallownest once it comes out of its stasis? So it really is this amazing uh, kind of just mental battle in and of yourself to be like, man, how do I really think I want this to end? How do I think it does end? And there are so many unanswered questions that it leaves an amazing story and body of lore to be just sifted through with fine, what are the shrimp forks? Yeah. You need the smallest fork you've got because there's so much there and so much much of it is tiny, tiny clues that I think Hollow Knight is a perfect game. <laughs> I think it's a perfect game. I mean, I got to say, when I first started playing and what I have played with it and everything, I would never have guessed that the story was as expansive or as detailed as it is, especially with so much lore and backstory to it all. Again, like, you, can, this, honestly, you can miss all of it. And you I, that's you what can I mean. miss like, all of it. I'm early enough in the game. I know I haven't got to the to the nitty-gritty parts of it and started uncovering more of these se these secrets and backstory to you it. You haven't even but gotten beneath the surface. That's what I mean, though. <laughs> like, I'm very... I'm scratching the surface, basically, of this game. But I still think, just because of how I normally play... With platformers, I'm not so one to tend to want to explore and run around and stuff. So, like, I definitely feel like I would, I would have missed... 70% Bro, of all this. you've got to explore. I know. That's and the I, only way you get all the cool charms. And, uh, and, and I am getting better about it in, in these games, especially I've been playing them more recently, platformers more recently. I am under uncovering more layers of them, which is another reason why we even wanted to do this series is because we started talking about platformers a lot, and I was like, I like these a lot more than I thought I did. I still get very frustrated by them platformers, sometimes. the perfect but, genre. I still enjoy them and I'm discovering more about them that I like than I did. And so, but no, I would have had no idea. And I feel like even if I had just played straight through and we're both sitting here and both have finished the game, I probably would have got the bad ending, not realizing there was too. something. Yeah, I but, didn't I mean, know still, it either. Like, I would have got it and just been like, I don't know what happened. You know what I mean? Like, I just, this happened and now I'm chained up. This sucks. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I mean, probably would have been disappointed in the Potentially. Potentially. Now, I think that even when I got the bad ending, I didn't really feel disappointed. More like I felt like, man, 
This is heavy. Because not not that it even sucked. It's just that in that particular playthrough, the idea is that that's where the game ends. Yeah. And so it's like, oh man. So then you have to think about, well, what does that mean for the rest of Hallowness and the rest of the story? Uh, but anyway, so yes, your point being, the game is more expansive than anyone truly realizes at first. Mm-hmm. And I cannot say enough good things about it. I will say, real quick caveat, the one thing that actually does prevent it from being a, air quotes, perfect game, in my opinion, is there's a bunch of DLC, a bunch of DLC, that Team Cherry eventually put out called the God Seeker DLC, Uh, and basically it is Boss Rush Bonanza. Oh, Jesus. And it features these things called pantheons, which basically prevent you from... So the pantheons are basically boss rushes. But the win conditions of these boss boss rushes might be take no damage. Yep, nope. Nope, I'm nope. out. <laughs> uh, so, so there are, for example, things like take no damage through many, many, many boss fights, including some that you haven't actually done in the main game. Yeah, no. Some of them are new. I'm out. <laughs> so, so that's just one of them. Others contain things like limiting the scope of your nail. So mm-hmm. even if you have your nail maxed out, it might be, nope, you're back to square one. Uh, regular old nail, sorry kid. Or it might be no magic. You can't use any of your magic. So the Pantheons and the Godseeker DLC have all of these conditions in what is essentially just a super boss mode. Yeah. And I d- that's where it crosses the line of being into, for me, too hard and it's not fun. Yeah. So that that's one example. But again, that's just DLC. You do get a little bit of additional lore if you continue to fight your way through the Godseeker mode. But to me, it's not worth it. So that's the one, the one tick that I can take off of Hollow Knight's otherwise perfect score. 99 out of 100. You almost had an A++++. I mean, really, like, this is, like, I've, as you've talked about it and just been really able to fully illustrate what this game is and what it's about, like, I'm super more into it now than I ever have been. Dude, you've got to Even though go I know now everything. No, so actually... But that's what I mean, like, that, that, that's very exciting because, like, it gives me kind of a new, a new interest. Exactly. So I will say that I knew a lot about the lore from those awesome lore videos by Mossbag uh, that before I even finished the game i already knew a lot of it and it didn't take away from my enjoyment it added to it because i was like okay i know now i have some context now i kind of get the behind the scenes of this and it made me enjoy it even more so i will say that even if you listen to all these spoilers you can still get maximum value out of the game everyone should play hollow knight especially before silk song comes out Nice. And even then, play Silk Song. I'm going to. Yeah, that's my game. Well, obviously, of the if you year. didn't know, now, if you didn't yet now play it, you'd be just like slapping oh, yeah. Hollow Knight in the face. Basically, I really hope Silk Song does come out in 2020. And Silk Song focuses on Hornet. It correct? does. Nice. So you actually get to be Hornet, that's which is cool. very exciting because she can talk. The knight can't talk, but Hornet can. So it's like, oh, how much more are we going to learn from Hornet? Because she's a very mysterious figure, having basically been raised as royalty. You're like, oh, she's a princess. Ooh. Ooh. Fun yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to be Princess Hornet nice. in no, my I life. Okay. Cosplay as I don't think I could. <laughs> I would have to do a lot of paper macheing. That's true to make which those I'm not helmets. Very good at. Yeah, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> All right. Well, so we're going to change this up a little bit. Since Mogan did give such an like incredible in-depth I accidentally overview. went way, way, way over. No, but that's what over. I mean. Like, we, we took a pause in the middle, and I was like, Keep going. This is incredible. Like I'm loving it. So like, what we're gonna do is we're gonna split this final episode up on our uh, on our uh, 
on our final series and platformers. So this episode is all about Hall Night. Next week will be all about my my game. Um, Should I say it now? No, I'm just. We kidding. can give a little no! teaser. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but. But anyway, so it's been, so this has just been legitimately like one of probably my favorite reviews we've ever done because I've just like gotten this, such a complete picture of this game. And again, I just have to give you props. You were so beautifully see. I still the story with your I words. still feel like I cannot possibly do it justice. Like I'm still like, I know, oh I like man, did, I feel did. like I really failed. No, <laughs> so. I feel like you did an excellent job. That was fantastic. So, anyways, if anybody wants to talk about Hollow Knight with me, all you have to do is subscribe to the Patreon at the thirty dollar tier. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. <laughs> but if you want to, go ahead. We'll make it a thing. Or jump over to our Discord. Yeah, channel. you can just get on the Discord, and I'll be happy to talk about it there. Which, by the way, is free. You can join the Discord right, for right, free. Right. And so, so uh, but yeah. So no, this has been an incredible deep dive into the world of Hollow Knight. Which, like I said, I am now even more excited I'm make about. Make you the game. go play it right I'm, now. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm actually now though. While you're talking about it, and especially talking about the the mechanics of it, and talking about how. You knew whenever you made mistakes, the majority of the time it was user error. I'm realizing when I have played it was probably when my drift issues. Not still saying that it's me, because I know it's 99% me, but I do feel like it's because it was, it was like the drift started so small at first, I like barely noticed. It, oh. I really noticed it when I would play Stardew Valley, and I'd open up my inventory, oh. and it would just scroll to the side. Oh, God. Yeah, that is a problem. And so uh, so I feel like until I played Stardew, it was really kind of playing, playing Stardew in the last couple months that I was like, wait. Something's not right here. So yeah. I'm wondering how much of it I had played with that going on. Because there was this one point I know when you were trying to rescue that like caterpillar's eggs, you find her the baby. Caterpillar's eggs. It's not. It's or maybe it's a worm or something. You, there's this one guy you find, and he's like sitting on a nest of eggs. Oh, the grub. The grub. Uh, the grub yes, father. Yeah, yeah, the grub yeah. father. And when you're going to find his children, yeah, and yeah. Stuff like that, and there's this one area where you have to like jump. And you have to use your nail to hit the spiked areas. You have to pogo. Yes. I know exactly what area and you're I talking that about. And I think that was, I tried that forever and I finally got it. But still, I'm, so thinking back, I'm like, I wonder how much that actually has been affecting my playthrough. So now I do have a renewed interest in jumping back yeah. in to see how, to see. That, that's really a legitimate question. It. If it actually was mechanical difficulties making it more hard than it should be. Hollow Knight is such a tight game mechanically that any amount of interference could genuinely be oh, yeah. what's holding you back. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to jump back into it too. But before we wrap this up, because we're obviously, we have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which we're going to focus on music from Hollow Knight. And if you really want to give an, uh, hear more about the music of Hollow Knight, Jump back a couple episodes. I think it's 172, like, yeah, 173, it's something few. like that. We did uh, one of our soundtrack spotlight f- heavy episodes where we only talked about the music of video games. And Mogan f- featured the music of Hollow Knight by Christopher Larkin. So uh, for a more in-depth on that, jump over to that episode. Give it a listen because it's also some more great stuff. But for now, though, we're just going to close with another song from the Hollow Knight soundtrack. Which song should do this you want time? To feature? We are actually going to do the City of Tears theme. City of Tears. So theme. again, Christopher Larkin did the, the entire soundtrack. He's a genius, and this is City of Tears. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Come back next week for another great game episode featured on gaming content, where we will finally put to rest our uh, platformer series, where I will talk about my top platformer for this for this go around. But until next time, listen. To the music from Christopher Lark and the City of Tears City theme. City of Tears theme. I mean, or I, don't, City, oh, City I assume that's what yeah. it's, it's just called City of City Tears. City of Tears by Christopher Larkin. We'll see you all next Tuesday. Until then, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson. Almost forgot to say our names. I'm Jarrett Wilson, joined by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Uh,